How many times have you heard the words diversity and inclusivity in the past year, maybe months, or even this week? It can feel like it's all anyone's ever talking about or has ever been talking about globally. Diversity and inclusivity conversations are centered around realistically reflecting our communities through the people who represent us, politically or in the stories that are told. Leading Australian broadcasters and screen agencies have mobilized in the past few years, signing a charter to commit to improving diversity of content. In 2019, Australia's national broadcaster, the ABC, released its diversity and inclusion plan. Even though, with all the debate and dialogue we've seen, change is far too slow. Green Senator Dr. Marine Farooqi published an article in the Sydney Morning Herald in 2018, entitled, why are vast numbers of Australians left out of media? I quote from the article. At the moment, we don't just have a diversity problem in the media, we have an inclusion crisis. A lack of authentic diversity on screen tends to reflect and result from a lack of diversity off screen in writers' rooms, pitch meetings and executive suites. Diverse voices are finding their own way in alternative channels, primarily in the online space, because they need to express their stories themselves. In today's episode, we'll be discussing diversity and inclusivity in Australian content. I speak to a content creator who has been creating his own space, in his own voice, for over a decade, and is now ensuring he gives as many voices a seat at the table. I'm Von Pettyag. I'm a filmmaker and writer working across stage and screen. I also perform and produce. I'm also the director of a production company called In Between Pictures, and we specialize in what we say stories from within and the in between. But we really like championing a lot of diverse stories and a lot of marginalized identities, creatives who, who really don't have other platforms to tell their stories. So I'm all about working inclusively with cultural practice and collaborating with communities to sort of tell stories for the Australian landscape. What can we do? In this podcast, I speak with those who are putting their ideas into action, focusing on the good they can do for their neighbours, communities, citizens and the world. Vaughn will take us through how he found his voice and what it means to him, how he used inclusive practices in his web series, Halal Girls, and how underrepresented voices are bypassing traditional platforms for their stories to be heard. Vaughn's journey as a storyteller started when he was a child. I watched The Lion King, which was my first film ever. In a multiplex in LA when I was five, my mom always recounts the fact that at the end, when the credits were rolling, like I went missing. I was actually on at the screen, like banging on the screen. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, my child is weird. What are you doing? I actually said like, well, I want to get behind the screen to where the people are. And she always thought it was amazing that I had figured out how films worked, that I knew that there were actors playing the roles in this animated film. And I've always been fascinated with filmmaking and storytelling as long as I could remember. You know, I was a little drama kid. But I was also the kid of Asian parents, so didn't get to do drama. I would just come up with stories and write things down. And eventually that translated to a passion for writing and then a passion for songwriting and a passion for screenwriting. I ended up going to film school and that turned into a passion of 
directing and producing. Vaughn is an Australian of Filipino heritage and spent two and a half years of his childhood in America. A classic Australian migrant story. Moved to Blacktown in Dean Park, which is, you know, where all the Filipinos lived. And we still live in Minchinbury, which is like Filipino central. Blacktown is a part of Western Sydney. Western Sydney is arguably the most diverse area in Australia, but it also is one area that is such a sprawl of different cities and towns that gets bundled up into one word. It's very strange because, um, you know, it's actually bigger than Sydney CBD, you know, like there, there's this idea that Western Sydney has this monoculture being like the poorer areas or the, um, like lower class area. But if anything, it literally is a patchwork of different cultural groups living alongside each other. There's this myth that nothing gets made out here, but if anything, there is so much happening. And Sydney, just as a city, is is very city-centric. There are 182 languages spoken in Blacktown. Blacktown isn't an anomaly. There are a number of local government areas that are home to a diverse population in New South Wales, like the Cumberland Council and the city of Fairfield, to name a few. So, what was it like for a Filipino-Australian child, growing up in Australia, watching TV and films? I mean, I grew up in the 90s and the noughties where it's just like white protagonists, mean girls, all white, you know what I mean? Like, And you kind of just assume that the white people were always the protagonists. And it was weird because like, I think for me growing up in Western Sydney, um, where it's naturally diverse, you kind of just expected it. Vaughn pursued his passion through Sydney's University of Technology Film School. That's where he made his first official short film and won a film competition. This spurred him on. I got like $1,000 prize money. It kind of really showed me that I was like, oh, wow, like if you just make stuff, you get the experience, but also like people start to recognize you or like they, you know, the more you work, the more you just build up your experience and people and audience response to that. University led Vaughn to really revel in his passion. It also led him on to another journey. Vaughn became more aware of his ethnicity and heritage. It was only really when I started in film school, you know, when I was one of like four Asians, or actually four diverse people in like a, a cohort of 65. And, it, and then, you know, I start making films and I start working in film. And that's when you start to realize that you're different and that you have no real say in the story. Sometimes the stories you want to tell aren't being told. Even though Vaughn was making his own films, he was subconsciously following a formula. Looking back, he says he predominantly cast Caucasian or Caucasian-passing actors, even if the stories were adapted from a minority's perspective. He felt like he was being held back. Even if he did want to cast non-Caucasian actors, it would have been difficult. You know, me graduating in 2009 and going out and making films, and, you know, you, you, you go to the drama schools and you go to... You find working actors who are all at your level, and they're all... Caucasian, you know, or they're all kind of European, but white passing. When you're younger, when you're in an emerging space, like you let you just use what you have in terms of story and in terms of developing projects too. Like I'd never really developed a project for a person of color. I think when you're in your early twenties, or this might just be me, like it is very, you're still honing your craft. So I never really thought, you know, all oh, this protagonist should be Asian or this protagonist should be, you know, African or this protagonist should be white. It was kind of like these characters are just 
characters and like you know and we'll see what happens and kind of thing Von developed his career working to gain skills and experience in the creative industry He took on roles in copywriting producing directing editing and visual effects He created short films outside of his full-time work In 2015 Von had just produced a horror film that had screened at festivals and was working two jobs He started feeling frustrated with his situation Von quit his jobs to take a sabbatical and travel the world. He returned to Australia a year later to start what he describes as his year of change. 2 weeks later I applied for drama school. Got in, moved down to Melbourne for VCA. So I attended VCA for a year for theater. It was actually really confronting because it was, you know, like all of a sudden I went from being behind the camera, you know, writing and and dreaming of characters who could be whatever ethnicity to suddenly being a an actor who is, you know, of Filipino heritage which really does limit the amount of roles you can do or is like a very politicized choice in casting at the Victorian College of the Arts or VCA Bon was cast to play Iago in Othello the metrics of having like an Asian Iago against like an African Othello all of a sudden became a thing and it really showed me that like my intrinsic identity was powerful as was it just needed it needs work that's developed to really showcase that soon afterwards von received funding to produce a film this time he embarked on a project that was far more personal than anything he'd ever done before very lucky because i actually got funding from olympus cameras and st kilda film festival to write and direct and star in a, a short film called window which I ended up filming in Blacktown so that was great. It was all about I guess like my queer awakening. It was a very personal project. You know like I never really mind my own story, my own person personal story for creative use. And that film did really well. That film ended up playing all the major festivals in Australia. It kind of showed me the power of being yourself. From then on as a creative I just started looking at my own life. I am beautiful. You know like like in terms of my identity and I have a lot to say. as myself as well and i started to i guess be more symptomatic and succinct with the stories i told making clear decisions at the beginning of a project i think that's what really unlocked my creativity not only in the professional sense but in a personal sense as well i think there's universality in being specific von's authentic specific approach was noticed by others in the industry it led to collaborations with the information and cultural exchange or ICE in Parramatta and special broadcasting service SBS this opened doors for Vaughn to achieve his first broadcast credit Tom Girl which aired on SBS in 2018 I just found that each credit helps me get the next thing and you sort of build up from there and then start working with other people and they invite you to their table interesting time for me now because I feel like I'm I'm able to be a freelance artist and I'm sort of steadily working but I also generate my own projects too. At the time of this interview, Vaughn's project Halal Girls had just been released on ABC iView and YouTube. The comedy series follows three 20-something hijabis who live in Western Sydney and navigate the dual culture they live in. Vaughn put into practice everything he'd learned in his career in terms of authenticity and inclusive collaboration. The idea for Halal Girls came from his interactions with hijabi women he'd met when he was helping his friend Tariq set up a store called Hijab House. 
So I would, was spending seven days with about 20 hijabi women and we would go all break bread together and have pizza together. And I would just sit in, their, in the break room with them and see the most like badass, resilient women I'd, I'd ever seen. They're the funniest women you will ever encounter. In terms of public perception, you don't really engage with hijabis um, and you don't really know how funny they are. Vaughn ran the idea past Tariq and wrote a one-pager pitch in under an hour and pitched it to his producing mentor, Peter Herbert, who loved it. For about 18 months, Vaughn spent more time with the community whose story he was going to tell. His aim was to also build trust, as Vaughn connected with more hijabi creatives. Then I was lucky enough because Creating South Wales and ABC were interested in web series. I pitched it to a producer friend of mine, Petra Lavrenchik. I assembled a writing crew, a full Muslim female writers team, and none of them were screenwriters. There was a stand-up comedian, there was a, a slam poet, a writer, like a, in terms of fiction, and, and, a, and a playwright, and we just put into an application. You know, that was a really hard process because the idea of a Muslim identity is multifaceted and very diverse in itself. So all these women had a very different idea of what Muslim identity was to them. If we didn't find that central aspect or central idea that we loved as a community and as a group, then we wouldn't do it. We're making it for a female Muslim community and for the Muslim community. So for me, it was about inviting those creatives from that community into the space and being like, you know, what do you want to see? What stories do you want to tell? Um, what is comedy to you? You know, what's funny to you? What's, what are the specificities that we want to hit? This was not an easy process, however, especially when you're producing a show for a broadcaster. Vaughn and his producing partner, Petra, had to defend a lot of their choices to ABC executives. There just were a lot of checks and balances that you have to do as a producer. And obviously, when you're working with a broadcaster, you're, you're getting creatives over the line. So again, it came back to the intent of the show, which was to, you know, to showcase hijabi women as they were and as they are, like loving and resilient and badass and beautiful. So, um, so you know, it was a matter of actually listening to the writers' rooms and our key creatives and, and really listening to what they wanted to see. Vaughn has been in this industry for over a decade now. And like many others in the field, he feels that Australia is still catching up with the rest of the world. There's just not enough made in Australia that our tipping point is a lot slower. Seriously, Australia is always like weirdly two, three steps behind. Like I have a lot of friends working out of New York now in London where they don't say the word diverse. And personally, I don't say the word diverse now because um, I think I'm... I'm, I'm trying to move past that word in terms of my own work as well. I had a friend, a playwright who works out of New York and she just was saying like, they're doing everything right. And like their practice is so inclusive naturally because this is what's expected at a professional level. And that like, to come back to Australia, it's very much like we talk about creative creativity and we talk about work, but it's so politicized. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a queer Filipino who lives in Western Sydney, blah, blah, blah. But I'm proud to have made so much work now that I can, the work speaks for me. So I don't have to like mine my own diversity in, in a weird way. The tipping point might be a lot slower, but the pace at which diverse voices are emerging is a lot faster. This has brought to bear more pressure for wider change across different types of industry. I think diversity came about because of the online spaces, like things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. 
it really started taking monocultures like Western culture, you know, as a broad term and started narrowing it down. And I think that narrowing down and, and niching the different cultures within that culture, you know, this is the African diaspora in Australia. This is the Filipino diaspora in Australia. And we started to see like, oh, I can post and that can be taken up by that tribe. And then it meant that some of these smaller cultural groups could amass like power, but in a, um, in a, in a cultural sense, they could community gather. Social media has played a really big part in showcasing the kaleidoscope of diversity. Content platforms are also becoming more democratized, allowing creatives from traditionally underrepresented or overlooked communities to publish their content and find an audience. POC skewed stories and creatives tend to be pushed to the online space. I think what Western Sydney is kind of doing is as a diasporic area, we're, we're sort of communicating to the other diasporic areas of the Western world and, and the world and o- almost bypassing Australian monoculture, which is why I think the online space is really important for a lot of creatives here. You know, you can make a web series and release it on YouTube for free, IGTV and Instagram, Facebook. It's allowed a lot of Associate POC creatives to say like, you know, oh, I was never invited to the table. And now the conversation is I can start my own table. We just have such a demand for content now that anyone and everyone can make what they want to see, that it's actually a very powerful pathway. To Vaughn, investing in inclusivity goes a long way. You know, inclusivity is that equation. One plus one equals three. All right. Like if you're working through an inclusive lens, whatever you create together is always stronger than what you can do separately. We have such a fear of resource scarcity in our country. You know, like there's not enough development funding. There's not enough happening. Like how are we going to train our emerging sector? Where are the students going to go? Six producers working on one project will go further than six producers working on their own projects. Inclusivity is a way to foster community into a very institutionalized art form that has, I feel, lost a bit of its way. I think a lot of projects can benefit from a bit of inclusive practice and, you know, inviting the right people to tell the story as well. And yeah, it, I don't know, it's just, it just makes really kick-ass work like that I want to see. Much has been said about the changes that need to happen in media organizations. The first step in telling more inclusive stories is to have an inclusive team of decision makers. Vaughn also believes that improvements need to be made within funding bodies and councils. Councils in Western Sydney need better infrastructure to offer filmmakers there a real launchpad. I think with Western Sydney, it's really good that there's a concentration now on Western Sydney stories coming out of Western Sydney because storytelling and art and film like and representation, I think... Together, we're starting to reclaim what Western Sydney is. You know, the more localized stories that we tell, the more we can say, oh, that's a very Blacktown story. Oh, that's a very, oh, that was set in Fairfield. You know, oh, that's so Parramatta. And I think the more we empower the creatives to actually tell stories from within their own local areas, then like we start to see and the power of representation. This change will take time. This is Vaughn's advice for anyone starting out in this field. Just make stuff i know it's so hard it is so hard to make stuff especially when you don't know how but it's really true the more time you spend doing something the better you get at it you know and like um and and know that all your skills add up to something 
So, you know, I worked as an editor for four years professionally and hated editing, but now I edited all of Halal Girls. I was able to get that project across the line because I could save money. I think just be open to experiences and be open to the idea that creativity comes in different forms, you know, like um, I'm a really big believer in working with your hands, learn how to cook, learn how to saw. I don't know what else you do with your hands, like knit or not knit. Actually, knit. Yeah, that's a good one. Or like you learn how to sew. All these skills add up to creativity. And I think like we have to stop thinking of creativity in terms of industry, but we have to start thinking of creativity in terms of being human. Yeah, just know that all the experiences in your life will add up to something in terms of career. If you're a filmmaker out there, it is going to be brutally hard it's so hard, trust me. But if you sort of wake up every day knowing that that's what you want to do, then I think stick with it because somehow it'll it'll work out. And, you know, out of my graduating cohort, I mentioned before 65 people, there's only about four people still going in film. A lot of teachers came out of my year. So, you know, like it's not for everyone. And that's also okay. If it's it's okay to leave it, it's okay to pick it up again. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate or follow this series on whichever podcast service you're on. Another great way to support this series is to follow it on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for What Can We Do Podcast. You can visit www.whatcanwedopodcast.com where you can learn more about each episode's guests, check out previous episodes, and get in touch with me. What Can We Do? is an independent podcast series produced and edited by me, Prema Menon. The script editor of this series is Lisa Nadolsky, and the audio you hear has been sweetened by Nicholas Allaire.